You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Con el compita chicle. Mm. ¿Ya empezamos? Ya, sí. Empezando y empezando. Un saludito para. Saludita. Alegrar la alma. Oh, wow. Mm. Hendrix Gin, mm. thank mm. you for making everything so amazing. Small batch and handcrafted by the people in Hendrix Gin. Um, before we go any further, let's give thanks to the people who make this happen. Yeah, yes. Patreoners. Compitas, we love you all. Gavin. Gavin. Gavin, Gavin, the man of the turtle, bro. His turtle ran away. And no. see, I don't know how a turtle slowly, <laughs> slowly. slowly but surely. He was very diligent with his away. efforts, but he got away. I don't know if they found it. Dang it. Um, they find him. I got a new pair of Kawama boots that I'm looking up to. <laughs> Let me know what's oh, no, up. up. <laughs> Amy, Amy, la más guapa, pays extra for me to say that. La más guapa del barrio, Amy. Oof. Thank you for being a contributor. Alex Aguilar, Mr. Alex Peña, Cesar yeah, yeah. Torres, Danny Boy, Danny Boy, Danny Boy started a new business, the Draft yeah. Doctors. Yeah. Or am I getting it wrong? Drought. 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 I ain't even going to go any further. Danny that Boy. Fancy beer word. We're going to get this going. We're going to get it up and running. Compita Ernesto Moreno. Salutations. I was in a band once upon a time. This guy was a huge fan of the band, and now he just wants to be a part of anything that we used to be. Thank you. You're amazing. Estela, Estela, Estela. Estela. Estela likes to drink. Left us a message. We're going to address that oh, message later. Yeah. Yes, sir. Fernanda Gesbara, Gabby Piceno, John Gennaro, the king of podcasts, Junior El Colombiano Sierra, Monica Lucio, Mr. Benjamin, the electrician. I still need work in my house. Give me a jingle. Rodrigo, the newest member. Thank you. Arigato, Rodrigo. Ruben Lopez, my man behind the van. He's the one who goes delivers whenever I need cans. Tom, the soccer fanatic Phillips. I'm going to have to talk to that guy. He's a, he's a professor. He's a teacher as well at Palomar High, bro. Ooh, Ooh, he sent me a video of him breaking up a fight when we were talking about kids. No. Okay, <laughs> I have to show it to you. <laughs> and, of course, Miss Veronica Rocha. Wait, wait, hold up. Did Go he ahead. stop the fight, though? He was in there, bro. He has a okay. ponytail with all his right, like his right. teacher, like floral Hawaiian print shirt, jumping around like, hey, 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 hey whoop, whoop, calmados. So, yeah, you got to think. Palomar, bro, that's yeah. dangerous, man. That's yeah. a danger. I got, I've got cousins that went there, and I don't <laughs> like hanging out with them. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Patreon, we love you guys. We got more uh, merch coming. We're, wait, we're in the first week of May, and we got some tank tops because it's starting to get hot. So I hope you guys like tank tops. If you are in the Patreon, do me a favor. Go into the, the little message board on, on Patreon and shoot me the size of the actual tank top that you're going to want. That way I can go ahead and order the right sizes for you. And again, none of this is also possible with the friendly people at the Balboa Avenue Dispensary. Recreational, medicinal, chiclet, whatever it is you're looking for in life, they have a way of making it better. Wow. No sé, I don't know if that's true, but I'm hoping yeah. it is. <laughs> it What's is up, for somebody. Bro? El confita chicle. 
Aquí estamos. Just know this gin, I only drank it because you wanted it. Okay? I, you know what? I saw it and it's tasty. It, it captured it's your tasty. eye. Te llamó yeah. la atención. Sí. Because yesterday. Everything I like in a bottle. Short, dark, and filled with liquid. Mm. Um, yesterday was my birthday. What? Happy yeah. birthday. Like I said, pedo, dude. You, you defied <laughs> social distancing measures yesterday. I was eight feet apart. And you encroached upon my property line inside of my fencing. We all had beers. <laughs> we all had drinks. Burritos brought to you by Lolitas. Yeah. They were good, bro. It was good. Need, need a guacamole. Fun. But I ain't going to complain. They were, they were, they were. They hit the spot. They hit the spot. Hit what the spot? spot? I don't know, but the spot was hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned 41. And I only bring this up because yesterday I was like, oh, fuck, I drank a lot. I drank a lot. And then I come in here, I'm like, three waters, bro. I brought tres aguas. I did my Peloton. I did my pelo. Getting back into that uh, beach yeah. body shape. And now you hit me with this grain, the, the gin, bro. It's good, though, right? It's good, I guess, but todo con medida, no? Se ha dicho. Pues sí. Se ha dicho. ¿Qué onda, Tudor? ¿Cómo estás? Bien, Cuéntame algo bien. bonito. Pues aquí con el calorcito. Excited about uh, a lot of stuff is happening for our high school seniors. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that celebrities are doing and, and putting events together and um, a lot of grant opportunities for kids to kind of share their stories and, and potentially get some money. Okay. So if anyone hears this, there's an event on uh, May 16th, which is going to be televised on all the major ne- the four major networks. Um, and then I, I believe students can submit, um, like a commencement, uh, speech or, or like something in writing, and then they could qualify for a $5,000 award Damn. to be applied to whatever they do next, you know? And, and I think for all of us, this situation has been hard, but I think especially for those 17 and 18 year olds that suddenly were told. They can't go anywhere. They can't see their friends. And they got to stay at home and deal with mom and dad or, or mom or dad or, or whoever is there for them. La abuelita, abuelito. Yeah. And I can't imagine. You know, and I was time. telling my mom that yesterday. I was like, can you imagine if this had happened when I was a kid? It's like, no way. You know? and Your inner rebel would have come yeah, out. <laughs> heck yeah. So... There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm really excited about it and, and just trying to share with the students and hopefully they get excited too, you know. Obviously, it's not what we all hope for, but we're going to make the best of it and, and enjoy. That is something beautiful. Yeah. I can always chicle. Now I know I can count on you to bring the goodness, to bring the positivity. Nice. You need some negative shit? I'm, I got it. I, I'm fully yeah. versed in all the negative <laughs> shit that's going on in the world, and I can always sprinkle a little of that on Oof. your shit. Always. Well, let's talk about that. Oh, fuck. Negative shit? All right, let's see. What do we got? Well, we, used, we, 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 like, we like to talk about uh, headlines of the week, something that yeah. captures your attention, you know? Man. Algo que te llama la atención this mm-hmm. week. Um, for me, oh, fuck. No, I know yours. We, we kind of yeah. dabble. So for me, let me give you mine real quick. Negative okay. highlight, headline of the week. We live in a beautiful town, you know? Often dubbed America's finest city. That's right. You know, San Diego, the home of the world's best tacos. Miss me with the Malay tacos. Mm, California burritos. Burritos, doggy. Whatever, we got it all here. You know, food. We got got the weather. We've got losing sports franchises. That's right. (laughs) What? (laughs) We back our losing teams. We don't need to win. Pero bueno mames. There's always like a... The dark side of the underbelly of, of, of San Diego and like... 
and it's true sometimes it, it, it reaps it shows its little head for like comes out and just says ha we're still here bitches yeah. you know like it, it doesn't matter like how diverse or how big of a melting pot uh, mm. San Diego Chula mm. Vista is all of it it's like every now and then I feel like this, this, this little ugly head pops itself out bing and you know what yeah. and, and for all of the good that the East County has done to kind of like change the, the, the mentality the personality of how they're viewed and I get it because Chula Vista we've often, we're always called Chula Juana and this and that and you know what two things you can take at something you can embrace it and say okay cool we're Chula Juana Take it for what it is and make it what it is and make it better or defy it and try to change it and change the landscape of how people say. I feel like East County for a long time tried to change their landscape of being referred to as, oh, there's a little bit of a of, of a racist tint over there. Like you always got to be careful when you're in the East County. And then, and, and I've been there many times, you know, like one of my business partner here, he lives out in East County. We deliver beer out there. Our first brewery was in Santee and just this weekend cheekly this headline caught my eye mm -hmm. and it was a visual headline mm -hmm. a picture is worth a million words and this picture my friend that's two words left me speechless un pinche vato in a hood bro he was and, and, and you know wait, what wait, what do you mean hood and there what you go and before i even tell you and i ain't talking about foreskin i'm talking about a <laughs> pinche capuchón el vato like before the the covid hit its full peak i was like it's gonna and we were forced to wear face masks in my head i was like it's only a matter of time before some dickhead is going to roll out to a grocery store or some essential business to conduct essential business is going to roll out wearing a goddamn triple K white hooded hat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we found the fifth golden ticket winner here in Santee. Ese güey fue el Vons güey a comprar. I don't know what this motherfucker was buying. It doesn't matter. He was buying it wearing a goddamn KKK hood. I saw that picture and I was like, initially I giggled. Like, I don't know if like when I get nervous or like butthurt, I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, but that's always my reaction. Y lo vi el way. I saw this one. I was like, this fucking guy, bro. Oh, man. And I was like, all right, Santee, what are you going to do? So I kept reading, I kept reading, boom, 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 boom. And the bonds. And apparently they just asked him to, you know, take it off. Mm. They expect everybody. Oh, well done, Vons. Way to step up and show, show everybody who's boss. And it's really easy because you and I or anybody would be like, if I was there, this is what I would have done. Well, if she would have done that to me, this is what I would have done to you. I don't know what I would have done if I was there. Yeah. I would have gotten real butthurt and I might have been my normal like dickheaded self and, and gone over there and be like, hey, bud, this might be an inappropriate head attire you're wearing here. How about you take it off or I take it off for you? That may have been the fucking only thing I would have said. And even then, I probably... It was going to take a lot of balls for me to go up and talk to this big yeah. white guy with no hood. Because you don't know. Piénsalo, güey. This dude is in public rocking that. Is he doing it to like... He's doing it for attention. Yeah, He's course. not doing it to mind his own business. He's doing it to let you know that he runs the show at Vaughn's in Santee. He's like, when I come here, I make myself at home. When I'm at home, I wear a hood. Boom. You know? And I was like, that's a dangerous guy. That's yeah. a dangerous guy because he obviously doesn't give a fuck. He probably wanted somebody. He probably wanted somebody, a minority, to come up and step up to him and say some shit so he can fucking go at it. You know, it's like sometimes, like, go ahead, touch me, bro. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. Esteway was probably looking for a reason. Yeah. And maybe what Vaughn said was probably the best thing. Yeah. Besides, Chicle. Damn. Drop man. knowledge, Chicle. Let me know, Chicle. <laughs> that is a tough one, man. Because in my mind, there's a lot of things that I wish would happen, right? But I also feel 
then we're no better than than those folks, right? If we react and and we are aggressive or we take it off for them, because I imagine myself just walking by and pulling it off the, the top of his head, right? But and then, that's well, acceptable. Yeah, that's acceptable. Of course, they accidentally yeah. oh, take it off, you know. But I think what are the repercussions of that, you know? And and I think. That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. And I, I think we talked about this last time, right? Like, how can we have discourse and dialogue? And, you know, I realize that not everybody is open to that. And some people are never going to see uh, eye to eye with us or agree. But, you know, I think, like you said, to start it off, it exists in San Diego. It has always existed. I think Santee, also known Go as, ahead. As something else. Oh. I, I don't want to say Damn, that. Damn. I thought you were going to drop some Chula, feed... Chula Wanda knowledge down no. there. Um, but I, I know, like, growing up, I always knew that there was, a like, one of the main white supremacist leaders lived here in San Diego, you know? And I don't know if he still does. But, like, when you have the, this presence, it, it's only going to grow, right? And I think, like you said, this man was out there to make a statement, maybe gain supporters, you know, or connect with, with his people that, that are rallying right now because it's happening across the country, right? Like you shared with me that, that podcast about hate groups and hate yeah, crimes bro. kind of increasing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, too, you know, it all comes down to fear, right? Like people are afraid right now. Isolation. A lot of people are isolated. Yeah. They want to blame something on someone. Like this Asian family that that was stabbed to death at a at a at a store in public, you know, and I think there's all those things, right? And when we have the leader of the country calling the virus the the Chinese virus, the kung fu, the kung flu, like, he, like all these things, right? That people are saying, you know, whether it's a joke or like that's the best vocabulary they got to roll with. I think there's some people that take it in a whole different way. You know, and then they start believing it and they start using it. And, and now here we are where this guy came out with it, you know, and that's tough. That's tough. It's crazy. And you you, you alluded to the, the podcast. Like I tell you, man, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's taking over reading. You know, I, I no longer read. I have books, but I don't long, don't need to open them anymore. Somebody's going to read them to me in a much pleasant voice. Mm-hmm. So the, the podcast that I was telling you about, Sam, what next? And then it's a daily podcast. I listen to it every day in the morning at work. And um, sometimes they hit on some bangers, bro. Like they have some, because these kinds of topics, I feel like people kind of like, ooh, they sidestep them. Yeah. Like they see it and it's Nobody like, oh, oh shit, inappropriate. Or, oh, it's going to cause too much of a ripple effect. But they touched it. And the, the name of that episode was called How Extremists Capitalized on the Count are capitalizing on the pandemic so i started listening to it. it's only like 20 minutes long but it, it cut to the meat of it and the person that i am i always try to see well how does this apply to like me in our community in our real day life whatever so this one just talked about how white supremacists are out there in the community um doing good for the community you know they're out there handing out groceries they're out there giving out envelopes of money they're out there making themselves aware and on the facade, it looks like it's a good deed. And good. You know, anytime you can give somebody something that they need for nourishment or required to live and succeed and thrive, I'm on board, bro. Like, uh, more often than not, I'll be like, I don't give a fuck how you got there. No, perdón. I don't give, yeah, I don't give a fuck how you got there. So long as you get there. You know, it, it, the, the, 
the, the destination for me is always key. You know, it's like we all have our stories and we're all going to take different paths to get to our ultimate goal. And I and I kind of connect that to this. But at what price? You know? Yeah. Like, obviously, a white supremacist group is going to try to, like, reel you in and, and gain the, 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 uh, the admiration of, of a community by giving you certain benefits. And I said, how does that work? And I was like, fuck, that's the same thing like cartels do, bro. Like, yeah. uh, like it's the same thing that organized crime does here in the U.S., whether it's urban, whether it's like in, 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 in Mexico. I was reading an article about how uh, certain cartels down there are doing the job that government is not doing. They're going in little pueblitos, they're rolling in their trucks, and they're giving out freaking bottled water, cases, cartons of bottled water, food, money. Why are they doing it? Ultimately, you want to think it's a good thing. You know, it's like, okay. They're definitely providing services that are being overlooked by the government. But what's their goal? Their goal is probably like, hey, next time you see me down here doing some outlandish shit, think twice before you call the cops. Think twice before you report us. Think twice before you put the finger or whatever. Remember who is here in your yeah. time of desperation to get you your necessities to get through life. Now you sweep over to white supremacists. Same, same, but different. Yeah. I, you know, I'd be a fucking and, hypocrite. And I think the the thing about it is Everyone, especially right now, wants to have that sense of belonging, right? That we're a part of something. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming to me in my time of need and you got some stuff that's going to nourish me, you know, feed me, put money in my pocket, make me feel good. Yo, I might believe what you have to say now and feel like, you know what? Steve's got my back. Mm. So I'm going to roll with him. You know, and I think that's what. What I took away from that that episode of that podcast was that they're also praying on on that with people. Yeah, you know? like bro. they're praying, they're finding the yep. folks that that are craving and need, and it could be any one of us that approaches that person and has that effect on them, right? And I think going back to this man at the store, you know, I, I think Vons did the right thing in asking him to take it off. But I think the next step is you are no longer yeah. welcome yep. in this store. Please leave right now. We don't want your money. You are not welcome here. We do not support you or want to be associated with anything like that. And I think those are the, the statements and stances that we all need to take when we hear that shit or see it, you know, or experiencing it of like, you know what? If that man doesn't have to leave, then I won't shop here. Yeah. You know, and, and I think as a community, like, let's rally about stuff like that, you know, like not. I mean, I, I don't know. I think those are the things that how many people who have experienced racial hate or, or hate crimes or like this bigotry that are traumatized and they won't set a foot in that store anymore because not because of anything other than they're afraid of what might happen to them. You know, and I think those are the people that those of us that can speak up should. And it's our responsibility because there are people that cannot and who have lost their lives because of men like that. You know, it's very true, my dude. Very true. So, you yeah, run a business. I know. Good. Good. You run a business. I run a business. Have you ever had something like that happen at your establishment? Somebody comes. But I mean, it's going to be different for us because we're yeah. community based. You know, I think with us, it's been more like folks. In in our neighborhood, we have a few of those um, like halfway homes or, mm -hmm. or homes for, for mm -hmm. folks that need support, like assisted mm -hmm. living sure. type of stuff. And, you know, 
adults with mental health issues who, you know, they have their good days and their bad. And if you don't know them, like you might, you know, like you might react and cross the street or like want to avoid them because they look a certain way. And, you know, and I don't know, I think over the years, I've realized that they're just like you and me. And they're looking it's for about their ultimate destination. Them, saying what's up and, and seeing what they need, yeah. you know. And I think those have been the situations that we've had to deal with is when, you know, they come in and maybe they're a little extra aggressive, asking for money or like making people uncomfortable. You know, that's probably been like the biggest stuff. I know our baristas have who are there all the time, you know, have had to deal with other folks who might be, you know, a little high using a restroom for extracurriculars <laughs> and so like having to deal with that and and you know just thinking about our safety and not you know we don't want to piss them off either but like also to let them boundaries know, like, hey we're a community space there's kids here like can you please you know and that's always it how like when i've been there and i've had to ask people to you know go somewhere else yeah. it's always like hey please like you know if you don't mind family event you know there's kids here like could you move over there or go somewhere else and typically people are cool with it you know but i think it's in our approach too which for sure you come in puffy chested banging it like oh yeah and be like what now. what what yeah i mean and you know what people who are there your patrons watching you do that are going to respect you more and your establishment more and support it more because why they saw that some shit was going sideways they saw you step up and diffuse the situation and be like you know what this dude Chicle really cares about our sa our safety and our yeah. the environment that we're in. He's creating an environment here that's legitimately very community centric. Fuck, I'm gonna keep coming back. It's very easy to turn a blind eye to that and be yeah. like that. And then people who are hanging out here be like, "Hey, Aquiles, vale pito, güey. Yeah. They don't care. They like they just saw this dude come in and like fucking yeah. do whoop de woo. And now it's like, uh, uh, vámonos de aquí. Ya, ya no regresamos. You know? And and that's the point right there. That people, no matter what your intentions were, you told the guy to take it off. Mm -hmm. You did that. Yep. But the impression that people take away is like, well, you know, he didn't ask him to leave, though. Yeah. He still took his money. What are they valuing more? Yeah. Like, are they homies? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. Steve don't care yeah. about us. Mm -hmm. And and I say that because I know, like, in school, you know, in San Diego, we're pretty diverse. but Extremely. I think in, in a lot of... In many ways, we are not, right? Like, we have a lot of Latinos. We have, you know, other nationalities. And in schools, at least in the schools that I've worked with, it's like that is predominantly Latino, white, you know, um, Filipino, Asian, and then a, a few African-American. You know, and, and I know from my students, they often feel like, you know what? I go to school, my students who are African-American, that feel like, you know, I, I go to a white school, no one here cares about me. No one cares if people use the N-word. Teachers hear it all the time and don't do nothing about it. <sighs> you know, things like that. And I think those are the things that it, once a kid feels like, man, like, I know Steve heard that and he didn't say and he nothing. He just turned like, the blind guy. And it's not that Steve doesn't care or Enrique or whoever the person is. Yeah, motherfucker, why you gotta be me? I you're care. <laughs> um, but I, I think sometimes it's because we also don't have the language. You know, we don't know what to say. I want to say something, but I also don't want to mess it up. You know, so fuck, like I'm not going to say nothing at all. 
and there's a lot of resources out there. Um, and I'll, I'll share them with you so that if anyone asks about them, but there's one that I love that's called Speak Up, and it's for educators, and really it's applicable to anybody. But when someone makes a joke, when someone makes a comment, when someone says something, it gives you language. It's like a script, real simple. Yo, what did you mean by that? Or why do you think that's funny? Explain it to me. You know, I don't get that. Make me understand why you're an asshole. <laughs> right. But, but the, with the goal or the intention of getting the person to actually realize, like, because a lot of times, like, especially with kids, like, you know, I remember how I was as a kid. I said a lot of stuff. If someone had checked me and said, yo, what do you mean by that? And if I had to say it out loud and then realize, like, oh, shoot, yep. that's not what I meant, it probably would have helped me. Stop saying stuff like that. Every now and then, we got to get checked. Nobody's yeah, perfect. Absolutely. You know, we think we walk this perfect little straight line. Nail, bro. No. I say dumb shit all the time, and people check me all the time. Uh, example, numero uno, my wifey. Wifey checks me on everything I do, and that's why I love her. I love her to pieces, because just when I think I'm, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, firing on all cylinders, getting it done, be like, hey, slow down. You're fucking up with this. You're fucking up with that. I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you. Got to work on it. Um, so, yeah, this podcast is called What Next? Every day. And it's the one about extremism. It came out last Monday, I think. Give it a listen. Share your thoughts. That's kind of what we're flowing with today. That's my headline. Yeah. Wait, what did you read this week that Man. tickled you sideways? I didn't like it. Oof. The Oof. one I didn't like was, it was actually, I saw it on Instagram. A friend of mine, someone that I follow, posted a... A video and some text of this young man. You know, I run a little bit, right? I try to. You run know every how Sunday. I know you run because <laughs> you tell me you run every fucking Sunday, chicle. Yeah. Part of the se llama tu club? The running club. Real running club. Damn it! Shirts y todo el pelo. Nipple guards para que no te roces. Sí. Te pueden, te pueden sangrar un poco. Y no quieres eso. No. <laughs> but I saw this video of a young man in Georgia who was running. Apparently, in, I wasn't there. I'm just what, what I read, right? But apparently, he was running through a neighborhood. He was spotted by two gentlemen who have been identified as white supremacists. Oof, uh. The two gentlemen, one of them was retired law enforcement from that area. He and his son got into a truck, followed the kid, encountered him, and then shot him in the middle of a street. In the daytime, as he was running, doing nothing but exercise, right? Not bothering nobody. And again, I shouldn't say that because I don't know the, yeah, the, the full, full context, context of how it all went. But from, from the video that's posted, and I'm sure people have seen it, um, it legit looks like this kid is running, you know, down a, a street. And he sees a truck. He encounters a gentleman. And then you see him fall to the ground. And, and I think going back to your your headline is like, this is real, you know, and, and these things have been happening in, in our whole history, right? And, and I don't think it's unique to the States. I think it's, it's everywhere, right, where there was an, another, right? Because I think at some point in the history of mankind, like you grew up with people that looked just like you because you were related. Yeah. Right? But then as, as times shifted and evolved and people travel like now you start seeing like whoa like where's that person from you know and i guess again going back to fear right always all but, comes back to fear 
like right now I feel like it is fear and anger and like all these things that that are going undealt with. And man, like that's it's been bugging me because of course, like anything else that we find on social media or the internet is is a tunnel that you can go down or a rabbit hole, right? Oh man. And then I started seeing all these other videos of police brutality, you know, excessive use of force. And when things get out of hand and, you know, in my role as a vice principal, at times I have felt like a police officer because I I get that reaction. Like I'm coming in real cool and kids come at me hot, you know, And, and I don't think it's me personally, it's just me in my role causes that, you know, they, they know that I'm coming and, they're in trouble, discipline. The head of authority is coming your way, guys. Yeah. And I think I, I wonder, you know, some, uh, sometimes these situations escalate. And I don't know that police officers, with all due respect, like I don't think they have the training or the knowledge of, of how to truly diffuse a situation without resorting to violence. You know, and, and I think they need support in that. And then, too, in our communities, like, I think we could do a better job of of teaching our our kids too of, of what they need to do to yeah. stay safe and at this point to stay alive, you know, because throwing your hands up, act, acting aggressively, <laughs> yelling, stepping to a cop, like all wrong answers, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all no matter, wrong answers. I don't care how mad you are. Like I don't like, care those are what they you told you. Do, yeah, you, know? you just yeah. can't like. And like, kind of like you, you shed some wisdom on me earlier about something else. And sometimes we got to swallow our pride, yeah. you know, and not, not like you don't always have to win. You don't always have to get your point across. Sometimes like you just got to accept like that man has a cop or, or that, that man or woman has a gun mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Yeah. Sometimes you know? when you win, you actually lose. Yeah, and sometimes when you lose, yeah, I, I was a dickhead. I was always say that when I was young. And sometimes when you lose, you actually win. But now that I'm getting older, it's applicable. It makes sense. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. Sometimes you take a step back and be like, "I'm gonna take this L," you know, "I'm gonna take this L. I'm gonna lose this battle, but ultimately, I can win this war by just taking a step back." Whether yeah. it's whatever situation you're in, you know, don't don't always be the person that's got a gun and get get that win. Because right. sometimes the win comes at a major cost, bro. Yeah. And so I think how, how do they, how can we get law enforcement to provide more support or training in that, in that direction, right? And I think as a community too, community how, can we, how can we also improve our relationship with law enforcement? And I think in, in our experience in, in Paradise Hills with all the PRC and Project Real work that we've done, the relationship that we have with the local law enforcement has also been instrumental in our in our success, you know, because they've supported, they've allowed things to happen that probably in the past without all the work that we did would not have gone as smoothly as they have. For sure, man. You know, and, and I think those are the things too. And I know that's an unpopular perspective because we we've gotten comments when we've hosted you know coffee with a cop oh boy like man like people are not cool with that you know of like whoa like we thought you were about the community yeah. like why are you inviting yeah. the cops like you know we've gone that shit here bro and Fuck. it's like whoa like wait a You're minute missing the point <laughs> yeah and then too it's like anything else right there are great cops there are great kind loving human beings that are cops they're out there 
But like in any profession, there are the people that take advantage yep. and and do something that they shouldn't. And unfortunately, right? it taints everyone. You know, absolutely. It, no matter how big the group, how small the group, it taints everyone. If somebody goes astray, you know, somebody yeah. fucks up and does something, it's like, oh, pues ahí va el vato, iralo. Mm, Chula Vista Police Department. That's all they do. And maybe Chula Vista's track record has been excellent before. But one dude does something and all I of a sudden it. it's like, ya los pintaron así. Game over. Here in That's the what I think, man. Like, how do we hold them yeah. accountable? <laughs> hold people accountable. Take a stance. Don't be afraid to say how how it is for you. Similar. Um, I heard. I don't know. Fuck. I'm trying, I was trying to remember what you were talking about. Like, what? how do we get police officers to kind of be a little bit different i heard a podcast I, i'm almost 100 percent sure it was like a joe rogan podcast a long time ago i heard where they said that uh all police officers should be at least a purple belt in jujitsu you know and 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 i get it i understand that because when you're in, like in, if you're practicing jujitsu when you get to the level of being like uh, upper levels and I, I consider purple belt being a, an upper level it's like at that point you've learned how to diffuse situations you don't use like jujitsu or violence to to get your point across and win you use jujitsu and violence to defuse the situation imagine a copper who uh you know in georgia imagine any police brutality situation where you're presented with a difficult situation with a perpetrator and you're the copper but you are a purple belt a black belt a brown belt somebody in the higher tiers obviously you don't want to fight you more so you want to get the point across like hey bro like relax if i want to i can destroy you i don't want to destroy you if police officers, if all of them like had that mentality, if everybody had that mentality, life would be a much simpler place to live in. In order to uh, to make glasses happy, jujitsu, <laughs> jujitsu is life. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's funny because a few weeks ago I was talking to Jordan. We were back when the coffee shop was open, um, and we were in there, and he just started talking to me about jujitsu. I was like, what? Like, and, and a lot of it was in the confidence that he felt once he started training, you know, how he was able to see things differently and things almost like, you know, when you hear professional athletes talk about like when the game slows down and you can see things differently, it's like life did that for him, you know, and where he went from managing a store and, and always seeing problems, it's like all the problems went away. But the same people were still there, you know, and it was just in how he felt about himself and what he could do to, to, to take care of himself and his his crew. All the problems went away. I feel like such a douchebag when we talk about jujitsu, you know, because that that was always my biggest like sticking point about I wait, no, get I don't want to do jujitsu. These guys are all tough guys. They're all Cobra Kai kind of guys like sweep the leg, finish him, show no mercy. <laughs> but like Jordan, as soon as I jumped in and fully committed myself to like the ideas and the practices of jujitsu, one, I shed a shit ton of weight, bro. I lost a lot of weight. You know, I went like from 240 to 200, and that's where I live around now. Aside from that, I see situations differently. You know, yeah. I'm still a douchebag when I do jujitsu. Don't get me wrong. Like when it's on, it's on. Noted. Um, noted. But noted, pero te da la oportunidad to kind of take a step back and reassess shit. As soon as I started like doing like jujitsu, and I suck, and Matt and I suck. We're white belts, and we and they're like, "Why are you why, still a white belt?" Because we're the same. We're the same. <laughs> we're in the same boat like that. And it's like we've been both practicing it for like the same amount of time and shit. And it's like, "Why are you guys still white belts? Why are you still white belts, Steve?" I'm like, "Bro, I just got too many other things that I have to do mm. that 
my reward is like, oh, cool. I get to do jujitsu today. It's not like, oh, man, I got to go do jujitsu today. For me, like yeah. if I finish everything on my list of daily things to do, which we all have, bro, whether you choose to put it on a piece of paper or not, te levantas en la mañana, you know what you got to get accomplished. You know, it's like boom, 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 boom. And I'm, the older I've gotten, I realize I need to write it down. I need to manifest this on a piece of paper and me scratching it off that I complete it shows me it's like, all right, cool, that's gone. I don't even want to touch it. I don't want to look at it again. It's no longer there. Work, done. Brewery, done. Elwood, done. Okay, kids have this, kids have that, kids have boom, 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 done. Then it's like, oh, fuck, I have time. I get to do jujitsu. So then I go to jujitsu and it's given me that like structure. I've always been very scattered brain, very scattered, like whether it's running a business, running the household with a wifey or just everything. It's like I've always been boom, boom, boom. And it and it's effective for me. It's effective for me because I, I like things to, to just be just out there, bro. I, I want everything to be not linear i'm not a linear thinker yeah. like and you listen to the fucking podcast i'm not a linear thinker bro like everything i do is like i'll see a fly on the wall and then bah, 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 just takes me to a different place in life with jujitsu now part of it i feel like it's helped help not take me away from being scattered but organize those scattered thoughts to kind of put it in a direction okay bro you don't have to like be linear but you got this you got that okay just yeah. kind of put it together in categories and yeah, I talked to Professor George. He was on here, the uno de los dueños ahí de Lolitas. Same thing, bro. He's very easy to talk to. You talk to him about these things, and he's more than happy to like fucking lecture your ear off, bro. Take you under his wing and tell you the, how to do things. And I appreciate that. You know, like what we're talking. We all need to get checked sometimes. Yeah. We all think we're doing this right. We all think we're doing that right. But it's like it's good to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. It's good to have somebody that's gonna check you. It's good to like speak your mind if you got something to say that's gonna help the situation. I don't know if it was you and I that were talking about it. It's like, I always have, feel like I want to say something, but then I think like, am I detracting from the issue or am I adding to the issue? You know, it's right. like, I want to make sure that stay on course, you know? And right now more than ever, dude, whether it's with this racism, what you saw on, on, on the video, and I got to legitimately, I got to look at it. Because the, the other thing that I, I like to do is like, sometimes I just talk for no reason. Like, ah, fuck that. Why did they do that? Right. And then like, you dig a little deeper and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it, we don't Ooh. know what actually. Yeah, we don't happened, know what right? happened. There's never an excuse to end yeah. somebody's life like that. No. Don't get me fucking wrong. But again, it's always good to look beneath the layers of this onion. Peel it back. What you yeah. got? What's under there? You know. And I think that's, man, that speaks to everything that you're saying, though, right? Because it's important one to take a stance on things. Like yes. know what, know what you stand for and be committed to when you see something that goes against that. You're gonna stand up in in whatever way you're comfortable with you don't have to make a scene but you you do have to let people know right and i think it's also important to whatever the truth that you believe in or whatever is true for you that that is founded on like actual information that you sought out and that you researched that you looked it up and you came to that conclusion that yes indeed hendrix gin is delicious oh amazing Don't regurgitate some Fox News shit. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me what your cousin heard on the radio Mm -hmm. two weeks ago and then they saw it on the internet. Like, no. Take the time. You looked it up. Yep. I heard this and then I looked it up and here's what I found out. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's so much information out there that no matter what position or perspective, politics, society, culture, whatever, you're going to find like eight different perspectives on the same thing. Which one is true? And I think they're all true for the person that produced it, right? Yep. 
And, and then it's up to you to make sense of, okay, based on your experiences, based on your knowledge up until this point in your lifetime, what is true for you? And how do you make sense of it, right? And I think that's a hard thing to do in an age when, you know, as a teacher, I was told once, really think about what you're teaching kids and make sure it's not something that they could just look up on their phone. Because if they can look it up on their phone, you, obsolete, bro. You ain't, yeah. you ain't really engaging them with anything. So how do we make it exciting? How do we make it different, right? And I think that's what what we all need to be doing is really establishing ourselves in some kind of evidence. When I talk, when I share an idea, that it be based on something that's substantial and not just an opinion. Or I just made this shit up and. I'm going to argue with you to the end on nothing. You know, it's all like fluff and air. And But let's be real. Most of it is fucking fluff, bro. Absolutely. You know, most of it is all fucking fluff. You got to dig through the fluff and find that one gem that's there. Exactly. You're like, ah, nice tira. look. And that's the there work. There it is. Yeah. And I think part yeah. of it, though, is, is in having mentors. You know, like you said, there's people, whether they're like mentors aren't always older than us. Mm-mm. You know, like you can find a mentor. Sometimes our kids are our mentors, right? And I think I, I was talking to a friend about this, that even redefining what a mentor is, because I, I think most of us grew up seeing a mentor as like a, uh, it's, it's a, a power figure, right? Someone that's above you, knows more than you, and is going to teach you something. Rarely have we ever seen a mentor as someone who I can also teach and those are the types of, of things that as we model those things, as we learn them, having people around you that can build you up, that can share information, that can call you out, that can keep you grounded, you know, more than anything, just keep your feet on the ground, right? Dream, have aspirations, all of that push forward, but also have people that are going to tell you, yo, like, slow down, be careful, yeah. you know, or slow down, yeah. right? Like warn you and and share stories, and and that's like I, I feel like our cultures, we're storytellers, you know. And and I think taking more time, and I feel like any if anything out of all this pandemic, it's it's in the storytelling and and just being able to step back and listen, you know, and and share thoughts, share stories, and where are we headed right now? Dude, in this world, like driven by social media y todo el pelo it's like it's important to know that we're not driven by likes bro you know like everything we do is should be driven by a purpose you know yeah but it, it's hard you know and we get a lot of bullshit thrown our way and i was like i watched too much news i'm new to the political game like I, i'm dipping my toe into this political game just to see what's going on we're older now we have a family there's a lot more on the line so i watch the news but like I tell you before, it's like, I don't just watch one news. You know, I don't just watch CNN. I don't just watch Fox. I don't just watch MSNBC. I watch like a freeform type of news called like the, what is it? The the, the Young Turks. The, the I think it's called the Young Turks. And they're just like straight liberal, bro. You just got to take it all in. And then it's your job. It's your yeah. responsibility to turn it off, sit down, pour yourself some Hendrix. Get a little Hendrix. <laughs> and then like, just write it down. Be like, all right, what the fuck did I take from this? What right. did they take from that? Because somewhere between all of those likes, somewhere between all of those messages that are being conveyed to you on your phone, on your TV, on the podcast, on a radio, somewhere between all that bullshit, there's a gem of truth. Like all of this spurned from something. 
you know? And it's our job to like legitimately sit down, realize what it is, take it and be like, okay, as a parent, as a leader in my family or as, as somebody in the community who's striving to do better and do more, it's my job to take that gem and build up on that and be like, okay, this is what I learned. Seems legit. I put some time and effort. It's true. Let's go with it, you know? Because yeah. everything that people are feeding to us, wow, it's, it, it's easy and it's lazy to just grab it and be like, oh, okay. Fuck. And and talk to people yeah. about it too, right? Yeah, get around people that are going to challenge you, bro. Yeah. Don't get a bunch of yes men around. No, get, hell get, no. That's lazy. Nobody yeah. learns from that, bro. Nobody. If you surround yourself with a bunch of yes men, you're ineffective. You're turning into an ineffective leader. You're turning into an ineffective like person in a position that can change things. Because ultimately, everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, good job, Chicle. That's fucking rad, Chicle. Do this, Chicle. Oh, you're killing it. Like, no. Be like, bro, did you ever think maybe this? Oh, right. Read this, man. I, I think what you're doing is is cool. But if you read this, maybe it's gonna help amplify your thought on yeah. what, on where you're going. And and that I think that's the point that we should all consider is that if you're not being challenged then you're not evolving you're staying the same yeah right and then you you can never i mean i guess you can make progress by staying the same because the world is always changing around you. maybe it's not the progress that that you could experience if like you just said if everything around you is changing you have to adapt to that too and be a little different and, and maybe it's not like a big change or, or big differences but like small tweaks you know new things that you're doing whether it's how we speak how we communicate or, or the things that we're doing you know and we've been talking a lot about business too and how we evolve as businesses right like you at, at three punk have completely changed you know we at the coffee shop are in the middle of that figuring things out of how do we move forward after this and what what is the normal gonna be you know, a few weeks from now, a few months from now, like, you know, there's a lot of questions, but if, if we try to come back business as usual with the same as, as it was two months ago, we might not be around a year yeah. from now. Yeah. I mean, people always ask me your business plan. Bro, how long did it take to write a business plan? And then it's like the business plan is ever evolving. The business plan is dictated by your, your your environment, what's going on around you. You know, the business plan to an extent is garbage, bro. You know, but a business plan to an extent is your compass. Because then right now, yeah. like you can go right back to it and be like, what were our visions? Are we strayed too far from this? Like, where are we yeah. now? And what did we want to do when we started this thing here? Keep it. Look at it. Re- refer to it. And, you know, and, and this can be in non-business life this could be in your life bro like imagine like all right now i'm a married man i'm a family man um obviously my business plan of becoming a married man and a family man is way different than when i was 20 21 wildly now doing whatever i was doing i can't revert to that anymore you know maybe my visions and my morals are different but are they really i mean ultimately my goal was always like you know family first i didn't have a family back then i just had my parents which was my family at that time and it's like okay don't embarrass them. Do well. Always listen. Da, da, da. That's your business plan for life. Like, go back to that shit. Like, even now, be like, okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Fuck. Yeah. We got businesses. We got podcasts. People like us. We got a group. We're building. We're doing this. We're going to take it to the next. Oh, fuck. Am I straying too far from what we originally did? Yeah. Be like, wait a second. Go back. Look. And then be like, no, 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 no. You know, maybe it's a little bit more eccentric. Maybe it's a little bit more like, oh, right. Whoop de woo shit. But it's still there. Yeah, and a lesson that I'm in the middle of learning right now is is to do that, what you just said of 
always constantly reevaluating where you're at and looking at those original goals. If those goals have changed, great, mm-hmm. you know, but if they're still the same, then making sure you're still staying on course, right? And and I think the biggest thing, like for, for both of us, right, because we collaborate a lot, you know, is making sure that as a team we're doing that because it's so easy, right? Like, especially right now, we've been talking a lot about isolation and everyone's kind of, you know, meeting through Zoom or, or phone apps, whatever. It's impersonal and it's so easy to get in your head and start heading in a different direction. And that might be the right direction, but knowing and, and talking about that, you know, and, and I think for me, it's so important to whether you're married and you have a partner or you just a friend, whatever. But having some that somebody that you can go to to have that conversation, you know, we got to get out of our heads because if we stay in our heads, it's dangerous, bro. (laughs) It's a dangerous place. You you can, and you know, power to the people that could do it. I talk to kids all the time, and sometimes I'm blown away at their ability to like walk themselves through a situation and and legit have great reasons for why they're doing what they're doing and, and impressive. You know, but I don't think everyone's wired in the way where they can solve their problems all on their own. And I don't think anybody is, to be honest. Right. But I think there are some people that that have that gift of like being super reflective and and really level headed. Right. And, and doing things in a way that's positive for them and people around them. But I think I know for me, I need help. Mm. You know, I need to process things like. You know, I experienced something recently where one day I was like fired up. This is what I'm going to do. I had one conversation. The next day I'm like, ah, oh, like, you know what? Disinflated. I'm going to do this other, other <laughs> thing now. And then the third day I was like, you know what? Now I'm somewhere in between and I see things more clearly. And it took talking to three different sets of people, you know, and, and I still don't know what my answer is, but I feel like I'm in such a better place, you know, and. When I was in grad school, they presented this el idea. Bato, where, where were you? Getting in grad school. Ah, I just like saying ah, that. Perdón, say it again one more time for the people in the back. Graduate school of education. El vato. <laughs> um, Let me put you some more. This, <laughs> this idea of getting up into the balcony, right? And this idea that sometimes we're on the dance floor, we're moving, everybody's having a good time, but you don't really know what's going on. You know, and the idea, the concept was when you're looking at a school, when you're thinking about your classroom, to be able to go up to the balcony and see, okay, like, you know what, I thought homeboy was having a good time and he's over there, he's not even dancing right now, or, you know, what's going on, really? And I think those are the things that more of us need to do, right? Because we get into situations and we're, we're like in it, we're stuck in it, we're feeling it, and you feel like maybe you can't get out unless you make a decision. Nah. Pump the brakes, take a breath, give yourself some time, get up on the balcony, see the whole land. Observe, observe, panoramic view. And then come back down, you know, and maybe even check, right? Check, check to see like, hey, is that a good idea or not? You know, there's always, there's always different opinions and perspectives to take. And sometimes our own is not the best one. And that's hard to accept. Ego. Yeah. Pride. Sip some gin. Damn. I feel like sometimes like when we say something, it's like we emptied our soul. Like, ah, time to re-up, bro. Drink some gin. Get better. Yeah. You, you, you just let a lot off of your off your chest right there. 
Um, yeah. You see, we turned that we turned that into a weird, like racist, racially motivated uh, headlines that we both chose. <laughs> I know. But look, we turned it into personal reflection, yeah. looking into yourself and figuring out what you can do to make yourself better and those around you. Perfect, bro. Yeah. Sin querer salió algo bueno. Y I think it's connected too because I think we also understanding the folks around us mm -hmm. and, and what are their concerns you know how are they feeling like are they feeling left out yeah. and, and like they're the you know minority now and and what does that mean to them they're a product like, of our community it's it's all like conversations that are difficult that not many of us want to have they still need to be had we gotta have them yeah. because if we don't then we're gonna continue being divided and i think Unfortunately, it's so much easier to use divisive language, to call names and, and attack rather than like, yo, what's up, bro? Like, what are you thinking? You know, because this is how you're making me feel right now. Did, does that matter to you? You know, like, like really, another quote that I really like is that we can't change things or we can't change people unless we reach their heart. And if I come at you and I'm attacking you from the jump, I'm not, I'm not even going to get in your ear. Mm -mm. Nope. Right? So how can I come at you knowing that, like, man, I might not, this might not go well today, but I'm going to find out what, what's in his heart. And yeah. that takes time, right? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes trying and trying again and trying a different way a third time getting help ideas trying again perseverance you know? dog exactly perseverance if we really want to change things we got to persevere and not give up at the first obstacle and fuck that's funny you say that like right before i got in here um the middle child del jackson i can't do it daddy no. oh, i can't i said papito never give up and listen what so just never give up and just listen you'll get everything you want Yo, because he's like, can you take a swimming? I want to go swimming at grandma's house. I said, okay, never give up and listen. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I need your help. You. This, is, <laughs> this is routine for you. You know what you're doing. Never give up and listen. Yeah. Con eso. Okay, daddy. Never give up and listen. What time are you coming back so we can go swimming? I said, oh, stay away. <laughs> but yeah, bro, it doesn't matter how little we are. You got to persevere. You got to yeah. stick. Whatever your course is, stick fucking on that course. Shit. Yeah. I can learn from that more than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. I mean, algo diferente. What's after white belt? Persevere. I don't know. I don't know and bro. listen. I can't even spell persevere, bro. Oh, get that way, What are you doing? What you got projects going over up your sleeve? Uh, anything working on anything? Why well, I, I got into bikes. Bitch, I was gonna talk. I was, I wanna, I was yeah. gonna say that too. You guys are posing about I bikes. I wanna build bikes. All right. You know, and I had a frame that a buddy of mine is painting right now. He got me like really excited. He yeah. won't tell me. He won't tell me what he did, but that's what he does. You know, he's an artist, and I'm really excited to build my first lowrider bike with my low son. Lowrider. And then, can you just, ride lowrider bikes? Or are they more for show? Um. Well, personally, it's gonna be one that we ride. Ah, okay. That has okay. that look. Uh huh. But I think there are bikes that are show bikes. Mm -hmm. You know, that are. And and even those I think you could ride, but definitely style over comfort, you know? Never that. Never that. <laughs> right? It might be difficult. It might be difficult. 
Um, but yeah, I would say that they're meant to be ridden, you know, just like the cars, like, you know, and that's, I think, a controversial topic uh, amongst the low riding community between the cars they get, you know, on a trailer taken. Show cars, yeah. Yeah, they, they get driven to the shows and not driven to the shows, yeah, you know? Yeah, And And, um, but yeah, I want to create one that has the look, it has the style, but that we actually ride around the neighborhood. Yeah. So we've been into that. Cool, cool. And then just trying to do more art stuff, you know, right now. We have the the little shop, Golondrina, that's been shut down. So definitely trying to push more uh, online sales, which, which has been going good over the past couple of weeks. Um, and that's about it. And just, again, trying to read more. And, nice. And really, like, the thing that's been eating me up right now is my role in school and like not being present and having access to the kids physically, like at school, being able to pull them in, talk to them for a minute. Um, that's been really hard, you know, so finding kind of my, my place and, and knowing when to call. And, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before, like just the stress that it causes when the Dean of students calls, calls your home, <laughs> Yeah, you know? And, and I mean, I don't know how you are, but when I get a phone call, like a random number, I don't usually pick up. Nail. But then when you pick up and they say, oh, can I speak to Enrique Lugo? Oh, this is him. Who is this? You know, you're already kind of like, whoa, like, what, what is this? You know, and so I get that from some parents too. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to stress them out. Like they already stressed out. You know, so I try to make it as, as positive as, as I can. And so far it's been great. Good. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes per kid and, and parent. And, you know, I'm doing it. But, like, I just wish I could do more. You know, I wish I could be there and, you know, hearing Christian talk about, like, him as a teacher and, and not being there as, as he knows that the kids know him. Yep. It's hard, you know. And, and I think for me, the additional piece is that I'm in a new role. This is my first year in, in, as an administrator, and I'm learning a lot, you know, and I think I'm lucky that I have so much support. Um but that, there's also that, like, in the back of my head, like, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, almost like like what I heard Christian talking about, you know, just being real critical of ourselves. And um, so those are my projects right now, reaching kids, building bikes, and writing in style. El Pato. What about you? What do you got going on? Nada, champ. Nothing. What? Nothing. No, I'm just getting back to getting in shape. Getting, nice. we were talking the last time off, like after the the, the last episode. I know, I'm, I'm trying, bitch. I, I can't go for the Eight two miles. and a half. No, that's loco. You didn't even let me finish. Oh. I can barely do three miles, Perfect. barely, barely. Because we were talking about glory days, um, when we finished the last podcast. Oh, you mean yeah. when I scored that sick goal, Papito, at a park? I don't know about your Ooh, memories, but wait. in my memories, all I my goals are it. sick. That, um, and that was before bending like Beckham. Calmate tu, champion. So once upon a time, glass, uh, glasses. Aquí compita Chicle and I, we didn't know each other. Uh, we thought, you know. But then we started kind of like, you know, peeling back the layers of where you from, who you know, what you do. And it turns out that, yeah, we, we used to play soccer against each other. Um, Chicle was on a team called the Hotspurs. Mm-hmm. East County based, very, very strong club soccer team. I was I was on a squad called the the Rebels, Benita Rebels, another uh, club soccer, very strong. Um, and we 
started talking about who were on our teams and oh i know that fool oh i grew up with him the coaches yeah damn so we got to the point where like yo we played against each other we played against each other one time in east county and this fool said he scored a goal on our squad hell yeah i don't remember the final of that game I don't remember. I remember I set up a goal on a corner kick on a set piece. I was allegedly. Like, All right. Alleg- allegedly. Allegedly, you scored a sick goal. <laughs> um, and yeah, that is crazy. So, what have I been working on? I, I want to get back to a nice, like, decent plane um weight and physical ability. Let's Bef- do it. Yeah, that's the goal. Before I, this, I showed you that picture. I I dusted off my cleats. The cleats, my lottos. I'm ready. Ah, fuck. See, because I haven't put on my cleat cleats in a, maybe like five years um my copas but now i'm, I'm an indoor player now bro i don't know you heard i play with the soccer homie we, we play we, that's what we do we, the soccer's coming hey but do you want to play hey, the little celebrity game subs, oh, that's Tell. me i am the sub bro <laughs> <laughs> so no so i've been playing a lot of indoor and um before covid bc before covid uh, life bef- bc was indoor soccer wednesdays and thir- uh, tuesdays and thursdays and sometimes wednesdays we would play indoor at the towers down in um on alcohol boulevard and i don't know what happened but something happened to the structure of like yeah, the building so they pulled the plug on that and from one day to the next it's like there was no more indoor and i didn't think it was like a big deal. i was like oh fuck okay one less hobby to worry about but bro it hurt. Like, it, 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 yeah. it hurt because that was something like we, Maddie did it. We asked Glasses. He didn't fucking did it. But Emo Brown, like the athletic club, was born from that. It was nice. born from indoor soccer. It was born from fucking playing softball. It was born from a bunch of dumb shit that late 30-something dudes do. And we did really well in soccer. Compita Julio was our coach. Um, we started in Division F, which is what? Division 5, I think? A, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah, Division 5. And uh, you move up like any other league. And we were in the fucking Division C. So we had one nice. Division F, Division D, Division E. We won those. We were champions, and they kept moving us up. Oh, wow. So we were in second place with three matches left, and they pulled the plug on us. No. Our goal was to get for the over 30 Division A, which is a ridiculous league, bro. I don't know if you ever played the indoor there, but no. Division C is when you get the college kids that come back and well, not kids because we're over thirty in that league, but you get all the college um, experienced players. Oh, so okay. they all got the stability, they all got the yeah. know how the structure of the game. Division B is ridiculous, and I heard Division A, fucking forget about it. That's where some of the, like the San Diego Soccer's play retired yeah, players. Yeah, that's where some of these yeah. players coming through and they just they put on a clinic. So our our goal was to get to Division A. And we were already like, we were going to advance because they advanced the top two squats. And we were in Division C, and then they pulled the plug. So what have I been working on? Getting a fucking new league that's available around us to get a team to get into that, dude. You know? Because nice. I, But I don't just want to, like, find a league and then jump in. I want to make sure we're ready to take over that fucking league when Ooh. we jump in, bro. Because ain't nothing worth doing. Oh, shit, what happened? Hold on one second. Something just disappeared on me. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go now. We're all guys. That is nothing worth doing if you're not going to do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. You know, I thought it's just wasted time and wasted effort. Man, I tried playing indoor. Go ahead. Out there in Salt Creek. Go ahead. Probably, ooh, probably like 14 years ago. Uh-huh. 13, 12, 12 to 14 years ago, I joined the league with one of my buddies, a, a guy that I've known since I was a kid. He started a team. We're called Los Jaguares. Oh, 
Of course you were. Los jaguares, not los caifanes. <laughs> los jaguares. Y, dude, I, I ended up having to drop out because I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like, what, what couldn't you do, Chicle? Well, I wasn't fit to play, ah, okay, okay, like okay. shape-wise. Uh -huh. And it, it just got really frustrating. Mm -hmm. I, I think I got depressed, actually. It happens. Because in my mind, you know, I wasn't... I won't say that I was the best player. You just scored sick goals against the Rebels. Yeah, Go of ahead. course. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> that for sure happened. But I was, you know, I was good enough to be captain of my high school team or co-captain of my high school team my senior year, you know. And, and I had the knowledge and the skills. Like, I think I didn't apply myself strong enough to, to make it to the next level and play college. But... I was still like above average, you know, and in my mind, I was still on that level, at, like the level that I was at 17, 18, you know, and here I am now, I'm like 24, 25, out of shape, trying to play indoor, and it's not easy, you know, you think, oh, it's a smaller field, it's quick, it's easy, no, it's a lot of sprinting, it's like more quick, quick movement, right? Bro. It's more, como dijo el compita Bushwick Bill, the Houston, Texas of the Ghetto Boys. Mm -hmm. Goddamn, homie. My mind is playing tricks on yes, me. Because there's nothing time. worse than once upon a time being a legit athlete, yeah. playing soccer. You strap on them boots, boy. And you're about to play. And the game is just too fast for you. Well, suddenly I was <laughs> that guy me that too. goes to swing for the ball and the fucking ball is like two feet away oh, now. Nil, nil, nil. I was never that no? guy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm going to let you be that guy. I was not but that guy. That happened to me. Yeah. And I think that was a moment that I was like, what? Like, wait. Like, in my head, mm -hmm. this was all working yeah. out. But yeah. then my body, my legs. Yep. Two nope. seconds behind. Delay. You know? And so yeah. that's when I started running too. But, like, emotionally and mentally, I haven't gone back to an indoor league or an indoor game because I don't know if I'm ready. So I love that you're saying Let's get, get it, ready boy. first. Let's get it. And then yeah. get out there. You I also hear there's outdoor leagues though. That's the next step. That and that's what I told the guys in the squad. We have a legit squad, bro. We have a fucking solid nucleus, nice. man. It's all guys that all played uh high school ball and Did we were all sick goals though. Uh, From the sideline. You know what? Bend it in. You when don't the keeper need... is backtracking, thinking that he's gonna get it, and then bam, ah, it lands it was in. A, it was a fluke goal. Then. No, Papa. <laughs> it was one that of was them. that was one of those that you practice <laughs> in practice all the time, like those those fantasy goals uh -huh. that you just do it for fun, and then it fucking works out when you're playing old friends from the Ooh, South it, Bay. It was, it was one of those geo goals from the 2009 yeah. match Ooh, on remember that? against USA. Ooh. He's in the box. Say <laughs> Six Americanos in la caja. Dude, and he just pop. He just fucking flicked mm -hmm. it over the keeper's head. Tim Howard's going back. No, I think it was Casey Keller. It was, it was. It was Casey Keller going back. He just saw the despair in his fat face through his mitt up. And the ball nah, just dipped right behind nothing him. Nothing but Gio. Net. That's when Gio became that my guy. That was a goal. That was a badass that goal, That was at bro. the, oh, the Rose Bowl. U US Open? Was it the, the, gold, the cup? gold Cup? The, the, gold the cup. Championship. championship. Yeah, bro. I got to watch that game now. I, I, wanna, <laughs> I just want to watch that play over that and awesome. over. That was an awesome fucking game, bro. Yeah. So imagine that, but when you're 17 mm -hmm. and in a park. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. And the park that they, we played those games in, they had lights, bro. Yeah, pues he's counting, bro. He's counting. They got all That's the different. hoods, Allá. the lights, everything. Allá no se preocupa la gente. No, de que se va a preocupar.
Um, pues de encapuchado. Yes. Ahorita. Pues, I was going to tell you, we have a, another thing that we, we wanted to pop out today, man. We, uh, we put out the line. The, uh, Ooh, the hotline. The hotline. The chingo bling hotline. The hotline <laughs> bling line. Um, and we're going to go ahead and a play bit. a quick message on that. Let's see if I can get that up and running for you. La amiguita la Estela. Estela likes to drink. Bye. Bye. Long time listener. First time caller. Estela. So, yeah. We're going to figure out the technology, Chicle, on how yeah. to make this better. But for the time being, thank you for the call. 619-728-9300. Drop an idea, a story, a thought, a sad moment of the week, a headline that caught your attention. Estela had a question. During the COVID, Chicle. Yeah. What food, porque estamos tragando, champion, estamos tragando. Como? And what song have gotten you through these tintings? Yeah. So. And I don't want to hear Hendrix Jim, bro. <laughs> I already know the food because we've been getting down on homemade hamburgers. Ooh, share. My wife kissed down on the patties. Uh -huh. I don't know what seasoning she puts on it, but she says she learned it from her mom. She gets it from her she mama, made, though. She shapes it. Bam. And then we throw them on the grill. You know, that's my department. Grill them. At the same time, I got the grill going. I got the, the pan, the frying pan with some hot oil. Homemade French fries. Go ahead. Pero no me Once a week. Once a Once week. Once a week. Oh, Damn. Run club. club. Oh, because they're uh, healthier. Why? Why? Why is they're it? homemade. Ah, okay. Perdón, perdón. <laughs> No, but that's what we've been doing, and, and it's cool because it, it like it's one of those things that gives us ev everyone has something to do. Yep, you know, everybody has a role. Doing mm -hmm. Selena does her thing, I do my thing. The kids help out, and that's probably been like the meal that I forever now. Like I don't know if we're ever gonna go to a burger joint. We probably will. Yes, we will, bro. But it won't be the same. No, and that's know? what'll be better. And now the kids, I know they appreciate it and they look forward to it. You know, so that would be the meal. And then the song, there's this song by an artist called Lengua Alerta. And it's called Tengo La Fe. Oh, man, that song hits real good. Got you. It's, it's like, you know, reggae, little, I don't know if it's like roots, dance hall, uh -huh. in between. All right, we're going to have to link that song up so we can. It's good. All right. All I love right, that song. All right, all right. It's, it up, uplifts you, you uh -huh. know. Tengo La Fe. I have the faith. You know, it's about. I, I feel like everything that we always talk about, like that self-work, you know, and getting yourself to the best version of who put you it are. In, and put that work Believing in, in yourself, mm. all of that. Mm -hmm. El vato. A ver, tú, tú qué? Mío, no, el mío está pelado, champion. Me, I love chile rellenos, bro. I love chile rellenos, you make bro. Yes, bro. We get out of here. I get them chilies. But here's the thing. All right, suegra and, and abuelita, and they make them the old school way. You know, they gut, they do, they get them chiles y todo el pedo. I cheat. 
I go and I get them um, the big can Ortega chilies, which are really good. Bro. No, they just take away the no, skin. No, no. Did no, you no, just no, say no. can? Yeah, bitch. Let me finish. <laughs> so I'm it's, sorry. it's it's very good. It's very good. They're roasted and everything. So you get the chiles, bro, and then you get your cheese and you cut the cheese. You get the chiles. You clean them. You gut them. Then fill them. You create mm. your little batter with the. It's mm. a dozen eggs, whites. And then four egg yolks, and you blend it all together. Mm-hmm. And then you dip it in. You put it on the fry. You come out. Chile rellenos is life. I can eat that shit every other day. Yes. Reality, I Damn. could. Reality is I shouldn't. But I sh- I, I could eat them. Fuck yeah. Ty, I said Oof. I've been having burgers once a week. Mm-hmm. How many? How many? Since chile this started, since this started, had? we've tied it three times. Okay, so yeah, once so a three week, times. Almost. Nah, we, we've been in we've been in lockdown <laughs> like for two months. Yeah, I, I, man. If I had this once a week, I would Every be in other heaven. week. Because here's the thing: I always make about two about forty chiles. All right, the kids will eat like one, two. Wifey will eat. You make forty of them? Yeah, bro. You think I'm playing with this thing? No, I'm. Okay, I'll try. I'll try your can chile relleno. Bitch, you're gonna like them. Watch, you're going to like them. I'm going to make them. I ain't even going to tell you. Boom, there it is. And, you're like, oh, it's the... and then wifey gets down. She makes a nice una arroz. Una, una sopita de arroz. Oh, la salsa también ahí está. Tenemos, la preparamos. Do you do your chile rellenos, though? Like with the little sauce on top? And oh, yeah, it? bro. Yeah. Here's the thing. Since you really want to know. Yeah, All I'm right. hungry So now. We, we, I batter up my chiles. I put them on the fryer. Put them off. I put them on a drip pan. Get all the excess oils off. And then I have a nicely shaped battered chile with uh the egg batter on the top and the cheese in the middle melted all brought it together we make a nice little tomato sauce we get our whole peeled tomatoes boom boom put it in the blender i get some onion i get some uh some garlic uh put a little bit of bouillon on there mm-hmm. heat it up blend mm-hmm. it up and i put it in a big old in a big old pan like whatever a saucepan and then i boil it and then i start presenting the chile rellenos into that and then I let it simmer and boil. And guess what? You pull them out one at a time. You put on a plate on a bit of rice. Ooh. And then you get the sauce and you pour it on top. Yeah. Brother, if that doesn't t- taste like heaven on earth, I don't know what to tell Damn. you. That shit is magical in my mouth, bro. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. And if I'm going to listen to something while I'm making that, lately, lately. And this there is like go. within a week. Um, el compita, el, 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 el Carlos Paez, el oh. Mr. B-side player, he came into the brewer and he played a show. And one of the songs that he played, I was like, I was into it. And he's been telling me about this song. They made a video. Um, Sama Amigo. Mm. And this song is an old school uh, Brazilian song. by uh, uh, I believe the, the actual writer of the song is Roberto Carlos. Roberto and, Carlos. Yeah, bro. Now I'm talking about the big left foot from Brazil. I'm talking about oh, the singer-songwriter. I remember. Yeah. Amigo. Great yeah. song. Yeah. He sings it with purpose. And with, as you can sound, it's like he, he's, he's very pride when he sings that song and i'm like you know lately you see who your homies are hey can i ask you something though one thing only did you cry nil i you didn't cry with that song nah, bro you know what I, you know i i grew up on that song right oh like, you did my mom used did to play it did we just become lot. best friends and <laughs> when he played it because you know before all of this we were having him come in yes to the coffee shop I've been and there to watch him, and you ain't never there when I go. Your wife is there. No, you were there. I nah, was there. You weren't there, fool. I have a picture of you. <laughs> I'll take that up. <laughs> but when he first played that song, oh, man. Lagrimas? Sí. Sí. That's good, bro. Yes, I that's feel good. that song. Good. Man, that's a good one. Good. For me, now I feel it. Like It's like, all right. Like I see who the homies are. 
Who yeah. are the people we stay in contact with? Who are the people who have become like memories of the past, distant memories? Now it's like, all right, cool, whatever. I guess they weren't meant to be in in this time of my life. And like yesterday yeah. was my birthday, and you guys all came through. And I was like, oh fuck, to pull something off on that on me, I I, I like to think it's not that. It, I like to think it's super difficult to slide one in by nah, me, I but it was easy. probably super easy, <laughs> you know, because I get wrapped up in what I'm doing. I was at work, I came home. Um, I got some pancakes from Family House. I've been craving nice. the Family House pancakes with yeah. the boysenberry sauce. I told my pops, "Hey, compita, pa mi cumpleaños, qué onda?" So I went to my parents' house. I picked it up. Oh, I came nice. home and I swear, bro, I put my fork and the knife in there for the first bite. Ah, took it in, and then I hear outside, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> "What's going on?" She's like, "Wife is like, I don't know. Go look." I look, and it's all you knuckleheads. And I was like, "Oh," and that song, like. Uh, it took a different a different still meaning. Still no tear. Nothing yet, Damn, bro. bro. Soon, soon. I'm, I'm Wait, pretty are sure. You just sweating or what? I'm sweating mean? in my eyes. <laughs> it's raining on my face. But see, bro. Yeah. Another beautiful episode. That was cool, man. That was cool. Thank you, Chicle. This is yeah. a good good show, bro. Thank you. Um, we'll keep them going at least yeah, once yeah. a week, more consistent. El, el Chicle, el Champs on the Emo Brown the Saddest Mexican podcast. Uh, any way you want to reach out to us, you know how to do it now. Send us a mm-hmm. message. Uh, drop us a voice message. As you heard, Estela likes to drink. Great question, Estela. Great. 619-728-9300. Drop us a message. Let us know what you're feeling. We're here for you. Say what's up. 